Hi, Veggie Mates. Welcome back to the Veg Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is episode number 81 with Jordan Martin, founder and festival manager of the Vegan Campout, which is held in the UK, and it is their premier vegan festival. After a tough 2020 and not being able to host the festival, Jordan and his crew are ready for the biggest festival to date. With Russell Brand headlining this year's lineup and the world coming out of a global pandemic, excitement is high for this year's event. If you are in the UK or plan to be there in August between the dates of the 20th and the 22nd, I highly recommend checking out their site, vegancampout.co.uk and get some tickets whilst they're still available. Today we hear about Jordan's personal journey and also how the festival has grown from a large gathering in 2016 to a fully-fledged festival in 2021 with plans for expansion in 2022. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. As always, I'll catch you on the other side to wrap things up. All right, veggie mates. Today we're here. We've got the UK connection going on two two in a row. So today we're with Jordan Martin. Uh, he is the founder and festival manager of Vegan Campout UK. Welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, it's a it's a pleasure, dude. Uh, big shout out to Benj for getting me in contact with you immediately after our conversation finished. <laughs> last week no joke he was straight on the phone and i had a message from you about 10 minutes after our conversation <laughs> wrapped up so i really appreciate it uh, and it's cool to have some more global uh, guests yeah. on the show so i know we know where you're at now it's it's impressive uh, what you've been able to do over the last five years uh, anna and i would love to get to a vegan camp out uh, having grown up going to festivals, it just looks like a really good time. Uh, this year might not be the one, but we're hoping next year is a yeah. possibility for us. But yeah, we'd just love to hear about, like, let's rewind the clock, go back and hear about growing up in the UK, what it was like for you, where you're from, uh, and then and then getting into to the uh, the world of veganism. Yeah, I mean, I'm from a city called Derby, which is the very central city of the whole of England. So it's right in the middle um, from an area called the Midlands, which is neither north or south. And we're kind of like the, the outcasts in, in, in that way, because most of the country is either north or south and we are neither, which I like. Um, and yeah, my whole kind of life, really, music was always my passion going to concerts putting on concerts going to festivals I was in you know various bands from a very young age and I would always be like the manager for my band as well and so you know I, I don't like other people to do things for me because I know how unorganized and lazy most people are so I always took that lead myself um, and then yeah started putting on shows as well because I, I knew I could do a good job of doing that. And then, um, yeah, just going to hundreds and hundreds of concerts all the time, festivals. And then when I was 18, I had the option of either going to, um, to do A-levels, which is like the next level after 
after high school here or um, move into Australia. So I picked that option because academia has never been my thing um, and I wouldn't have been able to do A-levels anyway. Um, so yeah, I moved to Australia when I was 18 by myself, did the whole you know farm work to, to get the second year and met loads of friends, had my first ever job, which was ironically working at KFC, but it was still one of the best jobs I've ever had. Obviously I wouldn't work there now, but at the time it was a great job and it was so, you know, working at KFC in England would have been a very different story. You know, everyone was so nice. People gave you so much money and tips because Australians just have so much spare money. Um, <laughs> and the managers were really nice and getting to walk in the sun every day. And, you know, I thought I was living the perfect life. Um, I know you were saying before we were on about like concerts or festivals in Australia and stuff. Um, especially at that time, I, I kind of listen to a lot more different things now, but at that time, like rock music was still pretty much all I listened to. So I went to Soundwave quite a few times, if you, if you know what that was. Um, that, was only, that was really the only festivals I went to in Australia, but I went to like lots of shows and stuff, lots of like metal and hardcore type, type shows. Um, and yeah, made loads of friends and then moved back here in 2014 um hated my life because I'd gone from living in Australia to working like warehouse jobs here in England which are like the gloomiest most depressing jobs like getting up at like 5 a.m every day and working like 12 hour shifts um so yeah I kind of I became quite depressed really when when I came back home and the plan was to always like hopefully see if I could see if there was another way of moving back there at some point um and then I turned vegetarian so that was like a small thing in my life and around that same time I started to get slightly better jobs that weren't warehouse jobs more like call center jobs but the people were nice and it wasn't cold and you didn't have to get up as early and stuff so yeah my life got got a little bit better and then um and, and the way I went vegetarian and me and my, and my sister kind of did it at the same time or roughly the same time was um watching a video by Steve-O from Jackass um who ironically isn't vegan anymore but he he was at the time um and yeah then kind of watched Earthlings and Cowspiracy and, and all the rest and then I went vegan um and then my sister, yeah, shortly went vegan after. I think actually we went vegan on the same day in 2016, um, 2015, sorry, 2015. And yeah, so then I kind of got very involved in the in the vegan community and, and that whole world and got a job at Animal Equality, which again, at that point of my life, I thought that was like the dream life, you know, getting paid to to do animal rights activism and kind of travel the country, talking to different people at universities and and stuff and then in 2016 um that's kind of where the idea for vegan camp out came came along and that was from kind of yeah my whole life going to english festivals and um like in australia you don't have anywhere near as many camping festivals as we do i think just because the country is so big you know, like all your big festivals, like the sound waves and the big day outs and stuff, you know, they're all kind of 
one day festivals I know you do have some camping festivals because I've been to a few now but um it, it's not really the same as like European festival season here where over the whole of Europe you know you have so many five-day camping festivals and so coming from that world and then going vegan and going to all the kind of typical one-day vegan market type events where people pay 10 pounds to enter so they can buy food that's three times as much as if they were going to buy it at the shop um and no one really you know spoke to each other they went with their friends bought some food and then went home I was like it, how amazing would it be if there could be an event that was like that music festival vibe that was outdoors there was partying involved you know drinking music um and people actually kind of socialized with each other so yeah that was the idea um for the 2016 one just to get a load of people together there was no bands there was no talks there was no like properly organized anything but it was just an opportunity for loads of people that spoke to each other online to come together and people came even from like Scotland people came from really far um tickets were like five pounds I believe um and we only got one food vendor for the 400 people which meant people were queuing for about three hours to get food but no one minded because everyone was just talking to each other in the queue um and yeah it was only one night I was never going to do it again because it's quite a stress to organize but then the day after people were like crying as they were leaving saying that like it was the best night of their life and I had a good time but even I was like really like it was that good and so then I thought like this would be a waste to not do it the year after but the plan was still to do it at the same venue and I worked out that like oh we you know we could get a few talks by a few like charities and stuff and it could be two nights this time and I worked out that if we really crammed it out we could fit a thousand people but me being me I don't really do anything like 50 percent so then all of a sudden I just had the had the idea to find a bigger venue um and get some really big speakers involved and actual bands and lots of food vendors and all the rest um and so that's what I did um because I didn't have any money we did a crowdfunder where people just bought tickets through the crowdfunder but I also you know got an overdraft from the bank and a credit card and and all the rest and yeah you know I was like if if we could do 2,000 people well then I could quit my job at animal equality and, and do this full time and this could be my, my full-time job and I, yeah we got 2,700 people and people came from all over the world there was many Australians that came or, although at the time it's probably like 10 but still to me that was crazy because it was like 10 people are buying a 600 pound return flight for a at 20 least. pound yeah for for a 20 pound festival ticket um and obviously James Aspie and Joey Cobbstrong were part of that original lineup too so there was like a big kind of Australian feel to it in a way and that's why I wanted them guys because um you know I'd never say like I helped put their names on the map here in the UK but at the same time there was a lot of people that didn't know who they who they were whereas I was a big fan from kind of you know having gone to Australia I, I knew who them people were a lot more and I would just watch their videos all the time and that's what gave me that idea of like 
maybe we could go really big with this and get James Aspie involved and Joey. And at that time, I had no idea if they'd be up for it, but quickly realised that they were. Um, and even that was crazy at that point. Like, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into? Like, you know, the, the venue's a few thousand pounds. Their flights are going to be a few thousand. You know, quickly learned you needed insurance and medical cover and, like, PRS licence to play music. And it was the biggest and stupidest and craziest thing I'd ever done. And it could have it could have gone really wrong if if not enough people could have came and I would probably still be in debt to this day. But I I put more effort into that than maybe I, I ever have because I, I needed to just to to not be in debt. Um, and yeah, like I say, 2700 people came and from there it's just got bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier. So unreal. That's a that's a cool story, dude. I um Lots to unpack there. It's um, it's cool that you were given the choice of A levels or Australia, and you're like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Let's let's go halfway yeah. across, well, the whole way across the world, basically, and <laughs> and go live there. So where were you living? Yeah, because I didn't believe my mom because she like, I'm I'm very like skeptical of a lot of things, and until I see it myself. And my mom was like, well, why don't you just go to Australia for a few years? And I was very much like, you can't do that, otherwise everyone would do that and now everyone does do that like at the time I didn't know anyone that had had done that you know this was like 2009 um and yeah until she actually showed me and I did it and I I couldn't believe that it was like you know 200 pounds for the visa or or, or something and until I actually did it I, I I didn't believe it and yeah that in itself was a huge thing kind of like that 2017 event at that point it's like I'm moving to a country where um I knew a few people because I'd been on holiday for the first time there a year before, which is where I fell in love with it. But, you know, except from them, I didn't have any friends. I knew I needed to get a job straight away and I'd never had a job. And yeah, that was a very scary, scary move. So where did you live? Um, When I lived there, I only lived in Brisbane. Like I never even visited Melbourne or Sydney or, or anywhere else. Um, Yeah. So I knew Brisbane very well. Um, it's only been since I've been going back to Australia, since I've been vegan, that I've been going to Melbourne a lot. And that's like where all my Australian friends friends are now. But at the time, I, I'd never been. Yeah, Brisbane, I think, has some um, like deep music roots as well. Mm. Some of the biggest Australian bands have come from there. Uh, Powderfinger, yeah. Powderfinger come to mind. But um that's really cool, man. Brisbane's a nice city, uh, beautiful weather up there. Yeah, you kind of escape the the southern winters of, of Melbourne because a lot of people yeah. kind of get drawn to Melbourne or Sydney. So it's rare that you mm. hear people picking other cities to spend most of their time in. Um, yeah. Well, I had an auntie that lived there. Like that's why I went went there on holiday because she lived there. You know, if she'd lived in Sydney or Melbourne, that's where I would have gone and done the done the same thing so um yeah I'm, I'm happy i did do brisbane because like you say yeah most people go to melbourne or sydney so um you know and yeah the fact i did it before a lot of english people did it and the fact that it was a city that people didn't do as much kind of was in my favor because everyone was like so excited to meet an english person whereas now you go and there's english people everywhere so um yeah yeah, and you're spot on with the festivals. Like a lot of our festivals are just 
day festivals. Mm. Um, there are the same in America. Yeah, yeah, America even less so. I yeah, I don't really. It's for such a big country. I'm surprised yeah. by the um, just the, mm. the the lack of lack. camping yeah. festivals. Like yeah. they're they're not really popular here. Um, I know why uh, though. It's like when when you've got a country that is so big, and obviously Australia is very big. Um, America's so big. When you've got like three times Australia's population in a country smaller than Queensland, it means you've got everyone can get to a central part. So like that's why mm-hmm. you have more like centralized festivals for like states and stuff. Whereas in England, like it doesn't matter if that festival is in the north, in the Midlands, or the south. Just as many people from the other two are gonna are gonna go to it. So it's it's just that like it's it's easy to get to as opposed to Australia or America. Totally, totally. But then you've got Aussies flying across the oh, world yeah. to go to <laughs> vegan campouts. So mm. I, I honestly think it, it just requires people such as yourself going, all right, we're going we're gonna to find a yeah. way to make this work and, and the people will come. Um, yeah. yeah, I hope. Well, I, don't, I don't mind saying why we're on this topic, but um, there's, there's a chance we're going to do Vegan Camp Out Melbourne next year. So um, yeah, I'll obviously certainly let you know if that um, happens, it's, it's not a secret where, in the process of trying to um, trying to do it, so that would be cool because obviously the vast majority of Australian vegans have never been to the UK one, so it'd be really cool to do that. So yeah, it's funnier. I'm now closer to the UK one, but that is oh really that, that well I'm in Portland, Oregon, so oh okay, um, both extremely tempting extremely tempting (laughs) it's 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 such a cool event and then to to have your first kind of job at kfc um (laughs) you know completely blind to to what's going on as you said Mm. at the time you enjoyed it it was it was fun Mm. you probably had a good community of people you had good customers uh you you were liking living overseas it sounded like there wasn't much of a gap between you uh coming coming home to England and deciding to switch to vegetarianism. Did you yeah. meet, did you meet people in Australia that were already living that lifestyle? Were there other things yeah. apart from Steve-O that kind of maybe were deep seated uh, before you saw Steve-O talking about it? Yeah, there was actually. And both were Australian, which is interesting. And cause like people say like England is the best country in the world for veganism and the most kind of, mainstream and I, I think that's true but Australia certainly had a vegan scene even if ours is way bigger now Australia had a vegan scene way before we had a vegan scene and I think it connects to people are happier and a bit more open-minded and there's that lifestyle anyway of kind of a lot of fruits and veggies and you know beaches and so on I think it just ties in ties in more um but yeah both both examples were in Australia because uh, um, after I finished KFC, I started doing um, charity fundraising, which is where I think I picked up a lot of tips of like sales and promotion type thing. And I I was very good at that in Australia and quickly became like a a team, a team leader, although not for long because I was fired because someone lied about me, um, which wasn't true. And so I got fired and 
I cried so much because that would have been my um, way of being able to stay in Australia for longer because I could have got sponsored doing that. Um, so at the time, that was like a really horrific incident. But before that, like I, I was really good at it. And it was doing charity fundraising that um, I was doing it with another girl. And she said to me one day, she, we, we, um, I think she was like, you know, what did you do before this? And I said, oh, I worked at KFC. Um, and she had that attitude of kind of the vegans that are looked down upon now for being very like judgmental. Um, but I think exactly what you said about it, planting seed, even though I didn't take it very well. She goes, KFC. I was like, yeah. She was like, do you hate animals then? Or something like that. And I was like, no, what do you mean? And she was like, so you, you eat chicken. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, what if I was to kill a dog and eat it? Um, and I was like, you know, the typical, like, that isn't the same at all, you know? And I was, I was so shocked that someone would even say that, like the idea that you couldn't love animals and eat them at the same time. Um, and then the conversation changed and she was like, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to judge, but maybe you should have a think about that. And I was just like, whoa, this person's crazy kind of, kind of thing. Um, so that, that was the one incident but also one of my good friends in Australia was vegetarian um but the irony is sometimes I was like oh I was doing the typical come on man like the chickens are going to be eaten anyway and so I think I convinced him sometimes to like eat KFC chicken because he was quite, quite new to vegetarianism and when I first met him he wasn't vegetarian so we would go to KFC all the time and then he was like no I'm, I'm gonna do it but then he could be easily convinced and I think even that to me showed that oh if if people themselves aren't that sure about it clearly there are holes in like the ideology if you like but I, I at the same time I know it did have a um have an impact on me and then by the time so when I came back to Australia um, England in 2012 he then came and visited me in 2013 and he was properly vegetarian now and sticking to it. And obviously I wasn't working at KFC. So it wasn't like, come on, just have some chicken. And we spoke about it more. And then he went home and I was like, maybe I could do it. And then I watched the Stevo video. I just ended up kind of coming across it online. And like I forced my girlfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> my sister and her boyfriend <laughs> at the time to um, watch it, her, her boyfriend before Bench. Um, and we all kind of decided together, like, yeah, we need to go vegetarian. And we all set a date, like, for a month, like, ahead. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm quite good at, I have, like, very strong willpower. So, like, a lot of people, they kind of give up meat and they physically can't bring themselves to, to eat it anymore. But because it wasn't, like, a, a grossed out thing for me and it was purely ethical, like, the day before I turned vegetarian, I went to a um, like an all you can eat and just had like seven plates of meat and steak and all the rest, knowing that the day after I would never eat eat meat again. So um, I, I could set myself that day and I, I knew I would would stick to it. And yeah, it was definitely a combination of them few seeds of people I'd spoken to in Australia and then that video that really gave me that push. Did you do you remember the date? Um, I don't remember the date, but I, I know it was July 2013. Um, so yeah, I can't remember the date, but um, 
my, my sister remembers the date from when we went vegan because I think that's the kind of thing you remember totally a little bit more so um, what pushed that what what made the change there because vegetarianism is it's something that is very popular to get into in the mm. beginning um to kind of find your way to eliminating all animal products um, yeah you know you hear a lot of people do it and you hear a lot of stories of current vegans that have lived the same kind of path so mm. what how long in between going vegetarian and vegan do you think roughly and again what was the catalyst for for making the change and getting rid of things like eggs and dairy yeah i mean um yeah what what's funny with me and maybe this is worse or maybe it's not because i i knew but a, a lot of vegetarians kind of go vegetarian because they think that's the right thing to do and then it's not until they realize maybe there's more that they could be doing that they go vegan whereas with me like probably weeks after going vegetarian I started learning about the dairy and the egg industries and obviously I would never buy like fur or stuff like that anyway and even then when I could be bothered or you know because I didn't have much money at that point so like when I could think oh yeah I'll pay the extra for the Alpro milk you know I would still buy that but I was still consuming dairy and I was still buying cookies and would still be treating myself to ice cream and you know but if if I saw the word vegan sometimes I would I would do it and I I did stay vegetarian for like two years until um I actually decided to because again for me like I need like a date and I need like a I'm very structured and organized and obviously that kind of ties into my career now but um so for two years kind of I knew that dairy was wrong and I didn't need convincing and like it's probably rare but I was actually a vegetarian animal rights activist because I'd still be posting stuff all the time online and people didn't need to say to me but but what about dairy or can still still consuming that because I knew I was and I knew I just needed that push again just like I did with um in the same way I was still consuming meat even though I knew I was going to to give it up eventually um but sometimes you just need that push um and like even the kind of things I was posting online I would never say go vegetarian I'd say go vegan because I knew it was the right thing to do and what's the point convincing other people to go vegetarian if I can convince them to go to go vegan but unfortunately like I say maybe it's bad but I did stay in that habit of like towards the end obviously it was very minimal like I was pretty much only buying Alpro and buying like back then it was still awful vegan chocolate but like I was I was buying that it was just like you know I I would still buy a cookie that had milk in it or I would still order a pizza and if they didn't have vegan cheese I would still have cheese so it was just like the odd few things and um yeah I can't remember if there was an actual like action that spurred it I don't think there was because I kind of already knew the reasons but um yeah then me and my sister and I think again her ex-boyfriend we all said I think it was August 2015 um she knows the date but um yeah we we set that date and again I knew after that I'd already kind of got everything in practice I knew what to buy I'd already mostly kind of switched to to eat in that way so it was a very easy thing when I did it and like everyone I 
I realized I probably shouldn't have took two years to do it because it, it wasn't that hard and it wasn't this big change whereas I think for a lot of people you know going fully vegetarian or going especially going fully vegan that's why they have to do all this research and they make slip-ups and they get things wrong whereas I kind of was bit by bit changing over a few years um so then by the time I actually did it it was it was a very easy transition you know I think it's important I don't think um there's a right or wrong way and Mm. you might think of yourself as a, a, a rarity in terms of how you navigated that but I I bet you there are thousands upon thousands of other people uh, kind of treading the same path right now. And, yeah. you know, I would say to them that it's not wrong. It's no. you, you've jumped on, um, you've jumped on the train and yeah. you, you're going to get to the, well, there's not really ever a destination, but you're no. going to, you're going to find your way there regardless. Yeah. Uh, and diet is so nuanced, like in terms mm. of, and the world we live in, I just watched Sea Spiracy last night. Yeah, same. You know, the urgency, it was a great, because you can get in a bubble. There's mm. no doubt about it. It was, it was a great film to watch, great documentary to watch because the urgency it was just like re-implanted in me. It's, mm. it's like, it's easy to forget how. Yeah how we need to make this happen. Um, Mm. And yeah, if someone is still eating 10%, of their diet from, from animal products, it's better than where they came from. Um, Yeah. So as a, as a society, as a world, I think we just need to keep going forward. Uh, And it's, yeah, I think it's, I think what you just said is, is actually an important message for people not to get too down on themselves if they're not, you know, even if they have that education, you had it all there yeah, and just couldn't make that final step for a couple of years. But Mm. um, yeah, I think to anyone that does have the education, they know what they want to do and what they need to do, but can't really make that step, whether it's family, society, uh, just habits. I, I think the, the key is that you'll, you'll get there and, and not to get too down on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, the majority of plant-based living is coming from people that are reducing their animal products as opposed to people who are fully vegan. And that doesn't mean don't, don't be fully vegan. Of course, that would be great, but um, more people doing more is going to create more of an impact than less people doing it a hundred percent so i'm definitely in agreement of that train more people heading in the right direction and i think it's kind of inevitable um, yeah inevitable that um a lot of people once you're on that train will end up going vegan you know even if this ties into the whole you know there's there's many people that think the definition of vegan is exactly what they think, which is silly because, you know, there's the whole like no Scotsman fallacy type thing. And, you know, different people, are, if we go by the definition of all vegan is what, is that the word? Practicable? Practical. Yeah, all practical. Um, then some things that are practical for others aren't practical for other other people. And so 
I think this idea of ever kind of what you said of there ever being a final destination is silly because the vegan world argues constantly between itself on things that are vegan and things that are permissible in certain situations and that's why I kind of you know I, I don't really even use the word all that much for myself I know my event is called vegan camp out because I think vegan is the best word to describe people that are trying to make a genuine effort for change but it's not this strict um, thing you abide by I was going to say it's not a religion but that kind of proves my point that it is because how many religions argue between themselves that you're not a proper Christian and the Muslim and that's what happens in the vegan community as well and so I think use the word for people that are trying to make a genuine change um, in the world for for animals now obviously like there's a gray area to that it's like what so if someone still eats steak but they're mostly vegan can they call themselves vegan it's like yeah sure maybe not but like what actually matters the definition of the world and the gatekeeping or trying to reduce animal suffering as much as possible and that's what I care about I don't care about the vegan movement I don't care about the definition of the word I care about animal suffering and all suffering for, for that matter being reduced as much as we much as we can and that's going to be hard to get to that and there's always going to be certain nuances and certain examples and things aren't going to be able to happen overnight because of this this and this but as long as we're having these conversations and trying different things with personal change with lobbying and petitions and awareness then that's how we're going to get a better better world not a handful of people arguing over the specific definitions of a word because that doesn't create change that just makes you look like ideologues to everyone else and that's why religion is looked down upon and I don't want that in the vegan community but unfortunately unfortunately there is a lot of that which I'm sure you see as well but it's, that is a fantastic definition, man. I, I, I love it. I, I'm on board with that. I think it opens a can of worms, as you said, because <laughs> like there are people that would be listening and automatically, uh, instinctively feeling against what you just said. Mm. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, the big picture, uh, if we don't allow for that flexibility, then what? what how are we going to get to where we want to get uh yeah. in the in the current world we live in in the current uh, you know un, like it, it's horrible unfortunately yeah. you're gonna you're gonna walk through the supermarket there's gonna be dead animals in there uh, yeah. we we've grown up eating them we have mm. old habits that you know uh, can be easy to fall back on for some people and if you're going to yeah. tell if you're going to tell someone that identifies as a vegan who slipped up once and had a pun at ice cream or they yeah you know they they had meat in one of their meals if you're going to argue with them and tell them that they're, they're no longer vegan i think it yeah. it almost does more uh it has a more negative impact than a, a positive one. Oh, so, i've seen so many people that tried out veganism and were like you know the word now is of course cancelled whereas this was kind of before cancel culture was so pre prevalent but you know that the, the same principle basically of posting in a group about a difference of opinion or that they'd slipped up or that they bought something but they still at it anyway rather than throw it away in waste and they were so ganged up upon of like 
you know do what you and it was that gatekeeping thing because sometimes they didn't even say that what they did was wrong but it was them literally saying do what you want but don't call yourself a vegan like that and so that makes that person think well if I'm not a vegan what's the point in doing it you know I haven't got this community you're basically telling me to stay a non-vegan because I don't tick the right boxes anymore to be to be part of the the in crowd and I've seen friends who like went back to not being vegan at all and I had to kind of come along and be like don't listen to these people like ask ask me your questions not not all vegans have this same kind of mob mentality attitude and I've definitely seen it cause more harm than than good and just everything we know about psychology kind of points in that direction as well you know it's like I talk quite a bit about like what's happening in politics at, at the moment and I think we live and, and this of course ties into the vegan world too but it's it's a bigger problem outside of the vegan world and the hatred people have between the different sides of the political aisles now and just how no one can talk anymore like the idea of even debate is hate speech and you know if you're not on board with every issue well silence is violence and you know just all, all these terms and cancel culture and people losing their jobs and friends that have been friends for the last 10 years now can't speak to each other because of guilty like by association like we're, we we live in such a divided world now and you know I, I think it's important to try and remove that both from the non-vegan and and the vegan world but um it's certainly prevalent in the vegan world as well and I don't see it having any good consequences in in politics and therefore I I definitely don't think it will have good con consequences in trying to turn people over to your idea in veganism because if if people are being called names and are having to live up to your definition of 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 like the rules and the regulations and that dogma type of way of thinking we know that that doesn't make people on board it just pushes them to the fringes and we see this happening in society all the time when people feel they haven't got um haven't got an a support and an and a bubble of of network they end up going to like the extremes on either side of the political um sphere if you like and that then makes the division even bigger than it needed to have been so that's something that's actually quite like passionate i'm quite passionate about yeah and what, what better way to bridge that gap than have a festival you know yeah like what a, what a great way to invite people uh that you know just want to be what, what you said about network and i think what we're craving after mm going through this pandemic and oh definitely not being able to have vegan camp out 2020 not being able to go to concerts not being able to go yeah. to clubs not being able to eat out at a restaurant or go to a cafe and, and sit with your friends and talk what yeah. we're craving is connection yeah. and by going to something what i love about vegan camp out as well it's not only you know it's not specifically a music festival it's no. it's educational it's the arts mm. um it's it's food yeah people um even camping brings an aspect of the outdoors oh, yeah. to it. Mm, so definitely. i really i really like that and i've seen that you know you've got non-vegans coming to the festival experiencing yeah. 
the world of veganism in such a positive light, hearing yeah. people speak, getting educated, mm. getting to party at night, yeah, experiencing the food, and yeah. then leaving with yeah, you know, that platform to go forward and say, well, if I'm not doing it tomorrow, at least I'm mm. I'm set up in a really yeah. strong way. I've got the facts, I've got the information, I know I can do it, and it's gonna happen at some point. The people are nice and exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, vegan camp out is very much based on like my own opinions, you know, things you do in, in life generally are going to be and you know, um kind of vegan camp out was actually set up before all all the division happened but it's certainly been steered to stay that way because there's a lot of events that kind of started being spoken for by certain sections of the vegan movement and they became very different because of that whereas like we're kind of not not hated you know we definitely have a lot of support but there there is definitely the the extreme groups of different sides that try and push vegan camp out to be their way. Like you shouldn't allow these people to come and like these people should be stopped from entering. Like we're gonna, you know, rip up people's tickets as they they arrive at the gate and keeping vegan camp out as precisely that as like a as a celebration of veganism rather than like a specific way of thinking. Um, it is is very much something that yeah my opinions have. Um, influenced in in the event because it is about like we can have different opinions you know people can even not be vegan and and come you know there's I've seen them people like what are you going to do for searching people for non-vegan food it's like we're not going to be going through people's bags and confiscating their Mars bar it's like I would also like to think that I mean I know this for a fact I know people aren't coming with like boxes of meat yeah they might bring a, a Mars bar or a Kit Kat or something with them because you know that they're not vegan yet themselves and they don't think there's going to be any snacks there but you know that the event needs to remain this this positive open-minded um thing for people and i think people respect that as well you know it's like people aren't bringing non-vegan chocolate to like wave in people's faces it's you know it's just for them to eat in their tent tent or whatever and yeah i, I think that's why the event whilst it gets some backlash from people that want it to be their certain way I think one of the biggest reasons for its growth has been because we didn't go in the direction of other events that became very niche and only spoke to a certain kind of vegan with a certain kind of political opinion the fact we are so open to everyone means our target audience is is, is much bigger and people who come and actually experience the event say to us you know I'm I'm happy it's a very kind of open thing where you know people of different walks of life and different opinions and vegans along with non-vegans and vegetarians and flexitarians can come have a party together make friends without this kind of division and I think it definitely ties into also what you were saying of, of coronavirus because I, I think like the the division has become the strongest in the last year and I think that's because people are sat at home they can't even go outside or at least for some parts they couldn't go outside they're not seeing their friends and they're just online all the time and we know what being online all the time mm -hmm. does you know these these social media 
platforms are are designed like you know um casino things you know that they're, they're to keep you on and they profit off this off this division so being able to get back outside again and be in person after like a year of no no festivals is is going to be amazing and i hope for a lot of people it'll make them realize oh yeah like things are a bit more relaxed in real life you know that it's not this like online world of screenshotting people and calling people out like in in person people actually have to have conversations and there's a lot more understanding of different people's perspectives so yeah i, I think coronavirus is, has has made that stuff much worse and equally getting back outside again is going to hopefully make things much better again like they they used to be because it wasn't like this in 2019 like uh, it, there it's were pockets of that, it but it certainly yeah, wasn't the it wasn't the norm i think no that, that's it what you what you're talking about there is that people are accountable when it's face to face yeah you're accountable for your actions in yeah. in real time like <laughs> yeah you know and you can't edit the comment you can't delete it you can't block them um you can't send people to their page because it's just you and you and them it's a totally different um relationship completely. much pre much preferred much preferred it's funny that you bring that up because anna and i both work customer service jobs hers is purely online over the phone mm. live chat email mine is in person okay the, the experiences that we have in terms of uh, the clientele we work with they're much mm. the same, like very outdoor yeah. focused, athletic focused. However, the mm. relationships or the experiences we have, um, not to say hers are bad all of the time, but yeah. in the conversations we have after work, hers, ex yeah. she experiences more negativity and for mm. a, a multitude of reasons, but yeah, more negativity because hers is online. People... Yeah lose the accountability of uh yeah. you know what it's like to treat another human being which is which yeah kind of horrible so i'm looking forward to post-pandemic kind of life and <laughs> and getting back to normal um not and again not normal i want i want us to be able to move forward with things in mind like seaspiracy yeah. um mm. and to to use this as a platform for for change and betterment yeah. of society uh whether positive change positive change getting into your yeah. own community a little bit more um mm. is something that i really uh, want to be able to do in in 2021 whether it's yeah. just cleaning up the street that we live in yeah. whether it's helping the homeless community here in portland um mm. whatever we can do just to contribute locally in some way i think yeah. it's where we need to start because we we have a very big world picture um but starting local is going to be the platform for us moving forward and again that's that's what you guys are currently currently doing i do want to just chat about festivals in the uk and if there was one mm -hmm. festival in the uk that you were like all right i want vegan camp out to be you know the 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 vegan version of x festival did you have one in yeah. mind that you really loved attending um yeah but like not necessarily that i would want vegan camp out to be like because because really i kind of already make vegan camp out what i want it to be like and it kind of has influences of 
a lot of different things I've seen at, at festivals but if anything it's kind of um, a product of things I didn't like about festivals so vegan camp out kind of does or doesn't do things that I didn't like and that were, were the norm at most festivals that I went to mm-hmm. growing up so other festivals have definitely inspired it but most of the time kind of inspired it to be different as opposed to like stealing bits from from festivals so yeah there's not a specific one in mind I mean people already say oh yeah vegan camp out it's like the vegan Glastonbury which obviously it's nowhere near as <laughs> as big but obviously like they're saying that it's the biggest of its kind and you know it's the vegan equivalent if there had to be one but um yeah I mean even in terms of size like um I'm not trying to make vegan camp out into the biggest event it can be otherwise yeah I'd be looking at these 20 30 40 50 thousand capacity festivals and saying yet like this is where I want vegan camp out to be in x amount of years like you know the bigger it gets it's actually more stressful for me so there there isn't that like desire to want to grow it as big as big as I can so yeah in a way I'm I'm happy with with how it is I think it's the the right kind of size um obviously you mentioned him earlier on but you know having Russell Brand on the lineup is just like a a dream come true as someone who's been a huge fan of Russell Brand for like 15 years um so yeah that's really cool I I do like what you said there um it's 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 its own event it really Mm. is its own event and we were just talking off air about how our experiences going to camping festivals and seeing for example the aftermath of I remember I remember like the, it was like a meme style photo, but yeah, after vegan camp out versus after, you know, yeah, Glastonbury it's after, or it's yeah. totally cleaned up. Mm. You go to a, any other camping festival and the place is trashed. Um, yeah. So that in itself speaks volumes about the community uh, yeah. and, and what they're about uh, and what they're conscious of because uh mm in no way, shape or form, do I think that you guys were fully responsible for how clean people were. Uh, mm. This is them. This is the community that we're a part of and, and what they care about. And they're showing that in their actions, which I, which I loved. Yeah. That, that photo was before any cleaning was done, which is why I wanted to um, show it. Like I, you know, like we, the, the, um, the comparison photo was a Reading Festival, which is a, a big festival here. And some people were saying like, oh, but Reading Festival has way more people than you. It's like, we weren't calculating how much litter was left overall versus us. Like I put the photo we made was purposely like a similar size area just to show what like that size area versus our size. And so it was completely comparable because we we were comparing area, not like total size overall. And yeah that picture of Reading Festival like the majority of tents were left like some people actually thought the photo was either faked or some people thought oh that's Reading Festival whilst it's still live which like was such a compliment to us even though they thought the photo was fake that I was like no it's not trust me that photo was taken by a hot air balloon like about a week after the festival um and so that shows the point that people thought it must be whilst it's live because it was so bad and showing that there wasn't like a single tent or a single bit of litter on the ground at vegan camp out yeah just shows the 
the huge difference in attitudes towards like taking care of your own rubbish and being accountable again as well so totally and then it's hard not to chat about someone like Russell Brand. So, you know, you guys are five years in, you've missed one festival um, because of a pandemic, uh, which yeah. I'm sure had its challenges in itself. Um, mm. How do you go about getting someone like Russell Brand to headline your show? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind saying um, with, it's very different for each person because Russell Brand would have been easier for us to get than say someone else who is exactly the same size as Russell Brand. And, uh, uh, you know, that's that's down to the fact that Russell is quite a non-corporate kind of, you know, very like friendly, approachable type of person anyway. And so it, it, it would be much harder or more maybe not even harder but just more more loopholes yeah yeah what more like, gates more gatekeepers yeah exactly if it was someone else whereas um I, I mean there's a there's a multitude of reasons the first is that we had um someone called simon amstel perform at vegan camp out in 2018 and um i mean he has performed in Australia and America so he does have a fan base there but he's he's much more known here he was like the host of a show called um I think it was Nevermind the Buzzcocks or I don't think it was Mock the Week it was one of them panel type shows and mm -hmm. he also created a vegan documentary called Carnage I don't know if you've ever seen that um and yeah so he's a comedian and he performed and he is from the same town as Russell Brand as a kid so they grew up together we're in the comedy circuit kind of together and um yeah we're childhood friends I, I believe so it was actually when I was in Melbourne a few years ago and Simon Amster was performing at Melbourne Comedy Festival and because he'd performed at Camp Out I said hey you know do you want to get food and I was quite surprised actually when he said yes because you know I, I didn't know if he'd he'd want to and he came around my my friend's house and like you know we had a smoke together and stuff and it was just like whoa like a famous comedian is just chilling with us now the other side of the the world that was really cool and then we were talking about things and we got onto the topic of Russell Brand and Simon was like oh yeah he um he's vegan now isn't he and I was like yeah and you know I was just like oh man like it'd be great to be able to have him and he basically just said oh well I'm actually meeting him next week in LA um so I'm happy to kind of mention it in the conversation so he did that for me and then I found out that Russell Brown was going to be doing this like um, talk on addiction in like a really small room with like hundred people. So I quickly bought tickets to that um, in the hope that I could meet him after quickly realized it's quite normal for him to make sure he meets every single person after anyway. So when um, like when the shows are like smaller and more intimate. So afterwards I told him about the event and it, I, I told him that Simon had mentioned it. He was like, Oh yeah. He mentioned that that sounds good and yeah he basically then just said you know message my um manager and um she's the person you want to you want to talk to about that so um we did that and i think it took like from me messaging her it took about 12 months before the contract was signed like and, and coronavirus was in that like period so that's what really delayed things mm -hmm. um but it, it took a long time anyway and then 
he was actually going to be confirmed for the 2020 event. And like, I was in Australia preparing for that announcement when coronavirus broke out. So then it was like, well, what are we going to do now? Like the announcement is this Sunday. So then we delayed it by a week and then we delayed it by another week. And then by that point, all because he was touring in Australia at the time when I was there. And the, I think it was the, no, it was the Perth show that got cancelled because someone in the crowd had coronavirus. And to me, I was still like, oh, this is going to be gone in a few weeks type thing but obviously it just got worse and worse and then that changed things with his plans because it was like now I don't know what I'm doing in August I'm, I might need August to reschedule all these all these shows and then obviously that never even happened and mm-hmm. then it was like is the event even going to be able to go ahead got made clear that it, it's not going to be so that delayed things massively but then after that it was all about well I hope we can now get him for the 2021 thing because it wasn't as simple as, oh, well, he's already said yes. So just get him for that because actually him saying yes was kind of one of the first steps. It was just dates and availability and waiting for his calendar. So we kind of had to go through all of that again. But we were very fortunate that we didn't have to wait until March like we did last year because otherwise we'd only just be announcing him now. We basically kind of, came up with an agreement to be able to announce him in November so that was great because otherwise we would have had to wait again and it might have ended up being a no Um, and so yeah what ended up being a very stressful year with coronavirus and everything kind of changing ended up becoming like a perfect alignment really because the other thing is that if we had have announced it and then had to cancel the event everyone would have got their hopes up and we would have had to say, oh, well, we don't even know for sure if Russell's going to be at the new event now. So I'm so happy, actually, that it ended up being that we could announce it when we knew it was definitely happening. Um, Worked yeah. out perfectly. Yeah. That's that's exactly. awesome. It's good to hear. And, yeah, that is cool by someone like Russell Brand to, you know, as you said, I can't imagine that someone that does – I suppose, really care about their status in the world mm. might not be so keen to do a yeah. a vegan, even if they are vegan, like an 11,000 yeah. person show festival. Mm. So kudos to him for, for being yeah. who he is, I suppose. Cause he's a, mm. he's an interesting character. I think he's um, yeah. kind of perfect about what you were also, what we were discussing before in terms yeah. of not being that perfect vegan. Mm. Um, I think he, is uh he's someone that is he's going to gain the respect of a lot of non-vegans um and which again plants a seed for for those people to yeah hopping on that hopping on that journey uh that was that was cool to hear about man so i would i would also like to learn a little bit more about um if there's been any like real big surprises uh for you like bar from coronavirus but um, really big surprises and learnings from from doing this festival over the last five years. Yeah, um, I think we kind of heard about some of the challenges, um, but yeah, any anything that you've you've learned along the way, and any experiences mm. that are like burned into your brain is just like wow, that was that was an incredible moment that that mm. happened. Um, 
yeah good good question um i mean yeah a lot of the obviously coronavirus and everything and that all that's been a big challenge and i think everyone's kind of learned things from that for the future anyway even if it's just that we can't take things for for granted and you know obviously that ties into the whole pandemic as well and where it may have originated with you know bats and that type of stuff and hopefully that will wake some people up to the the idea of animals even if it's just like the wet market type things and the things that are really kind of prone for for outbreaks but yeah like challenges for us um or something that like, surprised you either way yeah um i i guess i've surprised myself a lot with the caliber of people i've been able to get you know it's like we've obviously spoke about russell brand but like even at the time having simon amstel the other guy i was telling you about you know i because he is vegan and him being vegan and being a passionate vegan definitely would have helped but like he's famous for being on tv and so he's, he's definitely from the kind of media slash corporate world so when i kind of found out he was interested and up for it and we got an agreement together even that was like wow i can't believe like i didn't really know too much about him but i knew that he was the host for like you know one of the the biggest kind of panel shows in in the uk at, at the time and that was cool and a, a big kind of triumph was um i, I don't know if you you know him because he's it's not as big in australia or america but jme the rapper if you spoke know him. about him with benj briefly yeah yeah so you, you and might, I think you I might, I think I know him through okay. having seen stuff on ethics and yeah um, on through their channels. You might have heard of Skepta more, which because Jeremy is Skepta's brother, um, and so like he's he's quite big even in America now because he's done like a song with Drake and ASAP Rocky and all these big like rappers like they kind of they like respect the UK like grime scene quite a bit, so that's kind of elevated their names in in the american audiences but um yeah having him at the time because you know he's one of england's like biggest rappers of all time so that was crazy um especially because jamie doesn't do shows like he he i'd seen so many interviews by him like so, so many artists um and it's kind of like a similar russell brand thing you know like skepta for example not that he's vegan he's skeptic only vegetarian but even if he was it would have been harder to to get him because he he is very much like more mainstream does things by the label and tours a lot more whereas jamie is almost has this like punk attitude of like i'm not going to tour just because i have a new album out and you know like his last album he waited a year before he even put it on apple music and spotify he wanted people to go to hmv and still buy the cd so like he does things his way and he's very like like almost like yeah punk like ethos in in that way and so that's cool and for that reason it makes sense that he's vegan and he went vegan by um watching gary urofsky's talk so that was like cool um and yeah so he he never does shows and he speaks in interviews how he'll only do a show if it's something he wants to do. He's not just going to tour for the, for the sake of it to earn money. He doesn't need need the money. He does what he wants to do. So so having him and him actually saying on stage that that was his first show in a year and a half was just crazy because it's like you know you can't you can't get a bigger compliment 
th- than that. So it goes, it goes um, against everything like a, a musician yeah. usually does. Um, and I love how mm. the punk, the punk scene and the punk ethos ethos that you yeah. were talking about is so intertwined with veganism. Um, oh yeah. It comes up in conversations all the time and uh, on this mm. show as well. Uh, sometimes when you least expect it, but um, it, it's definitely a uh, revolving topic that I, that I hear often. Um, yeah. I only watched a, um, there's a YouTuber called the punk rock MBA and he's not even vegan himself, but he, he talks about everything to do with the culture of not just even punk, even like hip hop as well, but like other sub dramas of rock, like metal and, and stuff. And he did a thing the other day, a, a video saying how earth crisis changed vegan straight edge forever. And I learned so much about that. And he said so many people who are vegan today, and he spoke about like these huge names like Moby again, and like all these, all these um, people who were massively influenced by that, like New York vegan scene, like that was all about, you know, kind of DIY ethics and that stuff. And it spoke about earth crisis. And so straight away, like it was all about earth crisis and how they completely changed that. Um, And so straight after that, I contacted earth crisis for a mutual friend and they're already interested in performing at camp out one year, which again would be so cool. It's not like they would necessarily bring in that many people, but to have a band that pretty much kind of popularized veganism within the music scene you know and without them you wouldn't have had like the bigger bands now like so many bands are vegan now like architects and all these like you know most of bring me the horizon are are vegan and these huge like rock bands but earth crisis kind of like started that really and so um yeah the the punk intersect with animal rights is really big um and then what you were saying before about uh, being surprised by the level of caliber of the people you have in here, and uh, you know, it's a yeah. young, it's a young festival. Um, it's impressive. That's one thing that I, I spoke about with Benj off the air is how impressive mm. uh, the work you're doing is. Have you also been surprised by the level of accessibility to these people? You're like, ah, oh, it wasn't mm. as hard as maybe I thought to have a conversation with their manager or actually teeing this up and it's has it been about giving it a crack like once you are out there you open yourself up to these opportunities is it becoming easier yeah it definitely becomes easier once you've had certain people on your lineup and you have a video to show people like you know back back really for the 2018 event because even though the 2017 event was like the first big event that had James Aspie and Joey and all these amazing activists it was still only activists like, like they were the people bringing in people and even though at the time it was like wow they've replied to me in itself there's no like like you were saying gate that you have to get through to get to them you just dm them and hope that they they reply whereas 2018 was that first event that we had simon amstel and we had jme um and so it was my first dealing with like agents and managers and and that type of stuff and yeah, it certainly was easier um, than I thought. I mean, JME is also a good example of kind of like the Russell Brand thing because when I messaged his agent, I was getting one or two word replies to like a really long email and I was just like, yeah, I'm probably not gonna <laughs> gonna do anything here. And then I was at, um, there's another festival which is just a one day thing in London called Vegan Nights. And I'd heard from Benj that JME was probably gonna be there. I was like, 
oh, you know, could you have a word with him for me? And he was like, well, you know, have a word with him yourself. Like he's very approachable. And then I saw him and I was like, Jamie, can, can I just have a quick chat with you? And he goes, oh, you're Jordan. You run Vegan Camp Out. And I was just like, whoa, like how does he know who I am? But then it made sense. Like he told me that he'd seen videos from ethics and stuff because obviously them guys are friends. But obviously that made the conversation way easier than just a, a fan or like a, a fanboy asking if he'd play their festival. Do you know what I mean? And so w- we had a very quick chat. And then he was like, well, um, you know, message my agent again but then we were like at the after party of this event afterwards where there was probably only like 30 people in the room um and he was just there like dancing with like a few of his friends and even that was weird for me to see because like not only was is he super famous but he's the kind of person that would have loads of people around him but because it was more of like an after party and the people who were there didn't all want to like bug him they could see he was like doing his own thing it was like, oh, this is my perfect opportunity. And, you know, I, I waited for the right time. And I think he started to talk to Benj for a bit. And then he spoke to Alice because he knew Benj. So he, he knew who she was. And then we kind of had a chat and I was able to like talk about it a bit more and how, we, you know, we'd really love you to like play the festival. And we could speak about it a bit more, like propose dates and how many people were going to come. And then at the end of it, it was just like message my agent, tell tell her that I want to do it. And let's go from there so the morning after I messaged her and I think in the next two days it was all confirmed and agreed then so like once you've been able to have that chat with the artist yourself that just opens so many doors to what other people don't manage to get past and like you kind of alluded to once you've then had them names that makes it easier for the agents of even even bigger names so it it all has has an effect but yeah I have been very surprised at the at the level of names we've been able to get and the people I've met in person like Jamie and Russell Brand and how approachable they were but at the same time I've also then learned a lot of that once you get that conversation going with the agent you're still sometimes quite far from that contract being signed and you learn just how much has to be agreed and terms and conditions and I hate all of that stuff because it's just the it's the same with like the health and safety kind of stuff it's it's not why you do a festival but you you come to learn all the really boring like admin type side of things totally it's good to know it's good to learn and if there's any people that are listening to this thinking of starting something similar in their in their community I mean Mm -hmm. what a what a great conversation to tune into because uh yeah the the knowledge that you've gained and and what you've been able to tell us is is fascinating it's it's such a it's such a cool story so this year what are the dates of the festival and are there tickets left what's um what's going on yeah so the dates are august the 20th to the 22nd um and yes there are still tickets left only i think it's under 20 percent now which is again even that's really um exciting because not only would we never be at 20 percent by march but the fact that we've got such a bigger capacity this year as well like tickets are just flying out which is has been so nice to see because obviously that's such a big part of of the festival like the promotion and the 
and the stress and the selling of tickets so that's been really good to see um and yeah i guess for your for australia it seems like maybe people won't be able to fly still by august which is a shame but for america from what we know like you know uh, well even as it stands right now you can fly to the fly to the uk you just have to go in quarantine for two weeks but um from what we know all travel restrictions in the uk will be ended by the end of may so that's like three months before the event so yeah there should be no issue with a uh, american people flying over to attend which is good yeah that's cool two two weeks quarantine is is frustrating but who yeah. knows i think the situation is fluid and mm. uh by august it might have changed i mean the vaccination rollout thing is uh yeah. moving along here pretty quickly and yeah i i hope that that changes uh it's also cool to think that you know 20 percent left really i'm assuming that the people buying the tickets are uk based or european based mm. and you know some of the some of the people that might have been attending had it not had coronavirus not affected uh the world uh you know you're still able to be at such a high percentage um of yeah. of the total sales available so that's that's super impressive do you think you've you've brought on a bigger local uh, presence uh, because of the current you know the way of the mm. world yeah i think so um i think it even would have had an effect of you know statistically we're probably going to have more non-vegans come in this year not only just because you know there's big names on on the lineup that non-vegans like as well but also just the fact that festivals didn't happen at all last year and even all of the may and the june festivals for this year have been cancelled or or postponed means there is that element of people just wanting to go to a festival so i think some of the ticket sales at least will be um a result of people just being desperate to go to to an event so yeah very cool um i suppose one one of the final questions i have for you is uh what what do you have in store or what any future plans or visions for for upcoming vegan campout events we heard about melbourne mm. that's that's yeah. super exciting being an australian and from melbourne so yeah that's really exciting but is there yeah any other any other thoughts or um things you've got planned for the future yeah i mean there's there's also plans to do a germany one and where that was meant to happen this year but didn't also because of coronavirus so i'm not too sure if that's going to happen next year or not but either way it's still kind of an ongoing conversation um yeah there will definitely be changes to the uk one as well because we're kind of we're always looking for like different venues that kind of suit us more for certain um reasons so like i've been going on a lot of site visits the last few weeks for potential new venues for next year um but we might end up staying at the the same venue i i really don't know it at this stage but that's certainly something in the future that we are we are looking at um yeah and i mean yeah with the, there's always obviously that where can we take this with people we get on our lineup you know obviously like a few of the um 
big ones are yeah you know it'd be great to get Moby at the event it would be get great to get Joaquin Phoenix on the event and you know I, I speak to a few people that are friends with him so that's always like a, a possibility um so yeah just just getting really interesting people like even that band I told you about like Earth Crisis for example like not even from a oh so many people will be so happy that they're there but it's to to have like more niche and unique and like people that kind of in their time broke barriers for for different things that's what that's what I really love about being camp out more than anything that you can you can I don't know go and see a talk about doing activism or how you can get involved and then let's say we had earth crisis for, for an example go and see like a, a legendary hardcore band that would usually pay play not even at like mainstream rock festivals but like specific hardcore and, and punk festivals and then go and see Russell Brand like finish the stage and then after that have like a three-hour hip-hop and grime or rock and punk like after party so that, that's what I really love because you you would never really get that at any other festival where you could have like vegan activism mixed in with like this major celebrity like Russell Brand and then seeing like a legendary hardcore band in the music stage and that's kind of why Vegan Camp, Camp Out was created that like it doesn't really matter what world you're from and you know like the, the, the only one thing that everyone has in common at least on the lineup is that they're vegan you know it doesn't matter how how long they've been vegan for or you know whether they have certain different takes on different ideas but veganism is the one thing that brings everyone together but apart from that the lineup is like super diverse and crazy and random and and all this and I like that because it means different people come for, for for different things and it that ties into that whole trying to get as many different people from different walks of walks of life and you know like you said it's not a music festival but at the same time it's not not a music festival you know it's like it's this mix um and I like that and it's going to stay that way you know and other people have said to me oh would you ever like increase like the music side and it's like well there really isn't that many artists and bands that are fully fully vegan so like there's you know people have said like oh why don't you try and get this band and get like you know people have said like would you ever want to get Blink 182 play at your festival? It's like, well, for one, only like two of them are vegan, one isn't, and we do have like a vegan only rule. But even then it's like the kind of price you pay for them things is just not going to be as beneficial to us as this festival that's going to sell 60,000 tickets to go and see, see Blink. So I like the main focus being about the talks, but also trying to like sneak some popular and, respected music acts in the in the music stage I, I don't want it to be a music festival because then you're competing with the music festivals and it, it just wouldn't work you know like there's reasons that them festivals are 200 250 pounds because they need to be whereas we keep our tickets so cheap so that we can um not have to like you know fork out these hundreds of thousands of pounds just for one act so um yeah, I, I like the way it is and I, I want to see it stay to that kind of format. What you've created is something that's like even just you talking there, 
just makes me want to go. Like mm. it, it just, you've created something ex- extremely cool. Like I'm, I'm a, such a fan of what you've done. I feel like the reason I started the podcast is very much the same reason. I wanted people from all walks of life yeah. to, I want to hear their story, not necessarily, mm. you know, why everyone is vegan and, you know, that's it. I, w- I want to hear from people from all walks of life. So we have a better understanding uh, of mm. what people have gone through, how they've got to where they are today. Exactly yeah. why I've got you on the show. And yeah, I can, I can resonate with that. But yeah, the fact that you're able to bring an element of social interaction, education, food, speakers, and music together in the one place is something yeah. that yeah i'm grateful for man i think i think this world needs more of what you're doing and to hear yeah. that melbourne and germany are on the on the on the list as well is is really cool because it's funny that you said earlier that the, the the more you you know the bigger it gets the more stressful it gets and you're not exactly yeah. keen on the stress. Well, it sounds like you've got yourself some uh, some stressful assignments uh, in the future. But uh, yeah, I think I think you'll be pretty stoked when those things are pulled off. Um, mm. So to wrap it up, I, I, completely off topic, but we did. You did say earlier about how you know impressive the vegan scene is in the UK. Yeah. If, some, if someone's coming, if someone's landing in London or Manchester, mm. wherever it might be, um, you know, in the, in the next week, what would you tell them? Where, where would they need to eat? Um, mm. what, what are your favorite places to go to in the UK? Yeah. I mean, London definitely has the majority of the best vegan places in, in the UK. Um, my top five maybe for London would be um, what the pitta, which are our, um, a Donna kebab place. They're great. They're always at Vegan Camp Out. Um, a pizza place called Picky Wops. Um, it's like genuine Italian. Um, I was with them a few months ago and they were telling me that like Italian pizza is its own thing, but then from where they're from, it's its own thing, which is why it's so different. Might have been, might have been Naples. I think it is Naples because it's, yeah. Um, but they're great as well. Um, and then there's a place called Cook Daily, which is like, um i don't know like the cuisine that it is it's a lot of like noodles and um you can get you know just kind of veg bowls but it's got like mock meat as well and some things are really spicy as well if you like spice so that's really good um and then oh in camden there's a place i don't know how you pronounce it i don't know if it's dow dow or doo but d-o-u-d-o-u and it's a you know i don't know if you've been to london but Obviously, London is very expensive and it's an all-you-can-eat vegan Chinese buffet for $5.99. So it is so cheap. Um, is the food's it in the not Camden like, market? No, it's no? just outside of... It's, gotcha. it's right next to Camden and Tube Station. It's just around the mm-hmm. corner. The food isn't necessarily of the best quality as you would like expect, but if you want something that's cheap and you can, it's unlimited food, then that's great to go to for like a cheap, a cheap meal. Um, and then, yeah, what else is there? Um, I know I'm missing out, like, some really desserts. obvious ones. Oh, yes, desserts. So there's a place called Eureka Ice Cream. That's, like, definitely the best for ice cream, frozen yogurt, pancakes, like, 
that type of thing, like a pancake type of house, but also with ice cream and milkshakes and frozen yogurt. Um, what else is there? There's so much in London that's actually opened over the last year, but because we're not allowed to travel, like I haven't got to like, you know, check a lot of it out. So there's, I know for a fact, there's some really good places now that, um, and obviously there's always like great vegan food at non-vegan places. Like there's a, there's a brand now here called This, and it's kind of like England's answer to like, you know, Beyond and Impossible Foods and stuff. But obviously Beyond and Impossible Foods is all about beef, whereas this is all about chicken. Um, being like a big ex-chicken lover, obviously, as, as we spoke about with KFC, like it is revolutionary. And the amount of places they've been able to get this into, like burrito places and like kebab places and like Thai restaurants and Indian restaurants. There's so many now where you look at the menu and it's like this chicken curry or this like burrito and they're killing it. I think um, I think they posted something about their bank balance being like 350 million within a year. So like they they are just so successful and you know they they certainly deserve it and they have great marketing and great adverts and stuff. So yeah, in London, especially, there's just so many places that sell this as part of like their menu. So London is definitely like the vegan capital of the world. Um, it definitely is. People, you know, say Berlin or even Melbourne. And I've been to both and they're both great. But London, there is nowhere you can go that doesn't have vegan options, like nowhere. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a great, great city for plant based eating. It's an exciting time, mate. It's an exciting time. Uh, have you been? Have you been to England? Been in England, studied in Leeds for six months. Oh, okay. Um, I've spent time in Liverpool. Mm. Uh, had some friends that were living there, so I, I stayed with them for about six weeks. I'm an Everton supporter, so um, went to the football in Liverpool, and oh, cool. yeah, been to London quite a few times. Uh, mm. It's uh, it's a great city really enjoy going there but i've done all that as a non-vegan so i haven't oh, okay. been haven't been back uh to london since making the switch which that yeah some of the restaurants you named i have seen online from uh mm. you know people such as yourself uh going to them so it would be a really cool place to visit um there's an amazing place as well they're not in london although i think hopefully they're going to start to branch out but they're called happy Mackey. And like, I fell in love with sushi in Australia because obviously it's just everywhere. And England's never really had good sushi until Yo Sushi, the chain, kind of started to get quite popular a few years ago. But before that, like most English people still to this day think sushi means um, means raw fish and actually it means like sour rice or something, you know, like the translation. So there's this big misconception here of what sushi is. And even at Yo Sushi, you don't get it in rolls like you do in in um australia whereas the person who owns happy Mackey, either she's from australia or she spent a lot of time there so she wanted to make like an australian sushi place but vegan and so the aussies that love sushi if you get to come to even london you know like you can get the bus to brighton it's like an hour and a half away like proper big sushi rolls like duck chicken seafood oh that's like that's probably my favorite vegan food place to get food from. Um, 
especially with like not having proper sushi here it like really you, you yeah. get them cravings from being in australia for a while but um, it's funny you bring that up because like i used to eat sushi oh i don't know i multiple times a week i think it oh, is yeah. it is super popular um <clears throat> yeah people, we, people we, don't we have a food cart that's literally on our street here that do a vegan uh they're a non-vegan company but have mm. a vegan option and it's it's really really good yeah portland has portland's a great place for vegans as well right portland's pretty sick it's a small city so mm. uh, easy to get around and yeah no shortage man just on our street mm. uh we've got uh, a ramen bar which is up the road which is delicious um we've got a burrito place and sushi place just a block over uh there's like a little food cart joint uh and yeah just anything you can imagine it's it's i saw a video a few years saying there's like a vegan like super like shopping center in portland is that right like a food court or a shopping center it's like a strip mall so it's just on the street Mm. um and it's a block it's a block of stores that has um they have like a vegan grocery store uh, mm. They have a vegan tattoo place. Oh, cool. Um, then one of them is like a a baked, it's, I would say it's like a cafe, but a lot of mm. sweets um, yeah. at this place as well. And I think, oh, and then there's a, like a merchandise store mm. as well. Okay. Uh, so there's like these four, yeah, four shops in the one, in the one block that, um, yeah all vegan owned and are vegan companies. So yeah, it's, it's a very vegan friendly place. And yeah, yeah, one of the better ones in the world. I mean, coming from Melbourne, Melbourne is a great place, really great food Mm. and a lot of vegan options, uh, which is, which is nice. And uh, yeah, as I said, great. It's a great time to be alive. And um, uh, the, the vegan camp out idea is, is one that I look forward to, to following, man. I think you've just started, something that um is going to be world renowned in uh in the years to come i mean the fact that you've already got people from 30 plus countries coming to visit uh, speaks for itself so congrats man yeah um you've done an amazing job appreciate you coming on the show and taking up your your time today i know you've had a hectic day so (laughs) i really do appreciate it man and yeah i'd love to stay in contact with you and and uh do this again because uh, I, yeah, love to hear about your learnings as you go. And uh, if you ever want to do a show pre-vegan camp out uh, each year, I would be down for that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It'd be good to stay in touch. And yeah, if you can ever make it to the event, then obviously definitely let us know. And, you know, you can meet Ben, and me, and I'm sure a bunch of other people that you can speak to about getting on the podcast and stuff so it's always good to network at the event as well so totally mate uh enjoy the rest of your afternoon and uh yeah we'll chat soon hey everyone thanks again for tuning into today's show after hearing all about the camp out in england i'm pretty keen to experience life post pandemic and seriously jealous of those attending this year's event Please check out the festival on the web at vegancampout.co.uk and also on Instagram at vegancampout, or one word. Russell Brand will be headlining this year's event with other names like Joey Carbstrong, 
Genesis Butler, The Bosch Boys, Heather Mills, and Patrick Baboobian. It's definitely one that you will not want to miss. As always, please reach out to us on Instagram if you'd like to continue the conversation. You can find us over at VegTalk. That's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K. That is all for today, folks. I look forward to chatting with you all again next week. Until then, keep it plant-based and enjoy your week.